The red light is on, and we are live to the only MMA podcast that gives you financial advice while we drink. I'm your host, Jolly Roger, alongside Bill and Jess, and this is Championship Round. We are back with another episode. Unfortunately, as of right now, I'm only joined by one of my co-hosts, and that is Bill. Bill, how are you? We're we're a little behind on Jess. Jess will be joining us for the the second half of this podcast shortly. But as of right now, you got Bill and myself breaking down some of last week's fight, and then and looking forward to the next week. Bill, how are you? How are you this evening? doing better than just because i'm here yeah uh, <laughs> exactly uh no i listen i'm doing great uh another week of work in the books um uh, excited to go over a few things we saw last week a couple things made me laugh out loud and uh jump into the card this week let's do it well of last week i do want to say that uh i actually had quite a good hit surprisingly on mike jackson which disqualification yes, yes you did. first round i that was one i hadn't talked about it much on or at all actually on the podcast but it's something actually that and unfortunately his dumb ass isn't here um that just always says that this is a fist fight you can't be giving guys crazy numbers like this so when you're seeing these plus 800 plus 900 type i know just actually hit for inside the distance on Mike Jackson, and that was something like plus fifteen hundred that that he hit on him. But that was that was probably the best hit of the night for myself. I think the the other one that I had that was very exciting for me was um, was the Pedro fight under round one that ended 455 when he was cranking out the leg and i was i was losing my mind in the chat about how he had him on one leg and wasn't going for the kill and luckily was able to get it finished with five seconds left so that was a even money hit i actually think going there Tremendous odds, because I mean, how good did he look? Oh, phenomenal! He and he looked like a surgeon, just tactically being able to take out the correct the correct angles, just not rushing into it. And that's what he had said in the lead up that he wasn't when he had his losses. It was because he was was rushing in. He wasn't playing his own game. Especially in the light heavyweight division, that is something that we actually talked about before we started the podcast recording, was that the light heavyweight division's kind of in shambles right now. So you have a guy like that that's a couple of fights away from potentially seeing a top five fight or even a title fight, depending on how some of these these fights go. I mean, you have... You have Dominic Reyes at number seven. That should tell you all you need to know on oh. how the the top ten is in the light heavyweight division. It's that's Dom's a terrific fighter. Don't get me wrong, but to be seven after three 
losses in a row, given they're all top-tier talent, but including one spinning elbow that was, oh boy, one of one of the the worst knockouts I've seen in the last three years. Meatball Molly had one almost identical. I think hers hers was pretty damn impressive too. Yeah, so I Patriot looked great and. The division needs him, so I want them to rush him, but it, I don't want them to rush him at the same time because I think he is he is going to be a problem for a lot of people. Yeah, and I, they need they need that. It's you know same guys over and over and over again. It, it's same guys over and over again, but it's not really the guys that we want over and over again. If that makes sense, like I at middleweight, I could see I could see an Adesanya Whitaker fight five times. Just, just going back and forth. Easily. And see, right. that's that's it too. I could, that's a fight I could watch over and over. And and then honestly, we have it in the next the uh, wait right below with Colby and Usman. I could watch that fight multiple times. I could have them do a best of five series and just see that. Even Holloway Volkanovski. I think there's a couple of these, but then it's like, oh, God, you have, is it? Are you going to get? Yawn and Glover again, and it's it's just like oh, I'd, the Yuri the Yuri's in that is interesting, but I'm not. I'll tell you what, I ain't paying any amount of money to watch Yawn and Glover fight on a main event. I that's no, it's good, <laughs> but that is it ain't get it in it. That's not going to get me excited for the fight. That's no, 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 no. That to me feels like a hell of a fight night rather than a big time pay per view fight. That's Ah, that's that's one of those like on ABC type fights that we're we're gonna do. It's but to have them headlining, it's a hey, I'll I'll stream it. Yeah, (laughs) I guess that's uh. I will I will concede and say that that's a really good point. That's uh, got Fight Night written all over it. And like when I say the same guys over and over again, I love Glover Teixeira. I like Yuri. I I like all these guys. It's just once you get outside the top five, four, five, then it just goes to everybody else. It isn't like some of the other divisions. Like lightweight, you can go pretty deep, especially very deep. A, a few years ago, I mean, th- there have been divisions that are just stacked. To where it's easy to bring the next guy up, the next guy up, the next guy up. Which I do have a lightweight fighter I want to ask you about. Um, I don't think he has a fight booked. I haven't seen him in a little while, but I want to save that for later. I don't want to. All right. Where, where where we are? I'm going to write that down. All Just right. Let me think of it. We'll go and then a little bit more of the the recap. I have to I have to come on here, raise the hand, and apologize to Macy Barber for <laughs> trying for not. What she did was was impressive. Now it wasn't maybe what I felt should have been. I think it, it could have should have been an ITD that she gets it done, but she looked very composed. I you could see the growth, and it was something that you said after the fight in the chat, and that was that Barber by murder the next fight. And I think that that's, that holds true. And we actually just did 
yesterday we got news that Barber is actually scheduled for a fight. And if you are listening to the cadence of my tone, you know that Bill's absolutely correct. (laughs) Because Macy Barber at International Fight Week that the crew will be at, Just isn't here, but he'll be in Vegas. We will be at this fight, and Macy Barber's fighting Jessica I. And if Macy Barber does not go inside the distance, I might lose my mind inside the T-Mobile arena. It's... I'm excited that we're going to be there for that one after... After... Because... Listen, I think Barber could have finished that, maybe should have doesn't matter the she leaps and bounds forward the hype was maybe a little too much in the beginning but i'm actually glad she didn't finish the fight for betting purposes because there's just going to be a lamb is being fed to a wolf and my paycheck is going on barber inside the distance for that fight i yeah it is where the blessing in disguise it's kind of the we lost we lost some money i know bill had Barber inside the distance last week, and so it's this is one of them we we lose the money on on this fight, but we're going multiple units in Vegas with with this huge crowd. I I don't know how Jessica I actually got this fight. This one just seems like that she pissed off Dana White at this point because. That's a that's, brutal fight to have. I, <laughs> that's kind of where I was going. Something happened, and they were like, all right, how do we get Jessica I out of the UFC? Oh, let's tell her we're going to hype her up and give her this big fight for her on International Fight Week. Little did she know. <laughs> oh, God. Because she had – was it Jennifer Maya? That's right. was the one that she had the cut above her eye, right? That was the so, yeah. the gash. She's how the fuck did she get this fight? She's on a five no fight idea. losing streak. I'm telling you, I, I don't understand. Unless this is the sixth fight. Well, I mean, they could just cut her anyway. So there has to be something. She pissed somebody off. Uncle Dane is not having it, and he's just like she's just gone. Going, I have no idea. How she's six and one in the last. She's one and six in the last seven. Oh God! <laughs> Makes sense. We're gonna have to ask just that. See what he says. Oh, maybe we don't get the odds we want, but it's. I don't yes, care I what the odds. Inside the distance, though, we'll we'll see. We may have to. Ha- this may be the first one that we hammer at minus three hundred. On an inside the distance. I was going to say inside the distance is going to be a heavy favorite. It's, you're going to have to lay juice, and I, I'm willing. Yeah, I, same. I, this is what that's one of the few fights that. I, but okay, and then we have yeah. we have on onto the the last fight. We had the the women's main event that took place, and with all the fight cancellations that happened we watched maybe more promos for Lamona Sandrage than I've seen ever before and it was a three minute fight <laughs> so we won't get as much into it but Bill I will I will let you you speak your piece on this one 
all I saw was Lamos walking through the jungle or like jumping in a pool and Andrade just walking into if I see I don't want to see another promo I don't want to see anybody walk through a jungle ever again how many times I saw that and then she follows it up by getting caught in the first standing arm triangle in UFC history in the first round and I had I had actually placed a pretty large live wager on Andrade by knockout and then, oh God! Listen, yeah. So she gets caught in the standing arm triangle. I'm furious at first because no one has ever gotten caught in the standing arm triangle in the UFC. But as soon as she threw it on there, I was like, "Oh man, she's gonna pop her eyes out of her head." And then I was instantly happy because I don't have to watch any more promos of her walking through the fucking jungle. So even though I lost money, I was happy she got caught in that stupid submission. It was a little bit of poetic justice. Oh my god, just put anything else on. like listen, I get you have to promote, I get that that's it and it's nothing against the jungle. It's just I was watching a nature documentary. Like put anything else on, show more gym footage, show a different interview, something. <laughs> All right, I, I'm done. All right, let's go into next week. We have UFC on ESPN 35 Font versus Vera. Uh, decent decent card it's nothing nothing really to write home about i think there's some there's some spots here there's this is another one that we can get a little bit of film like you like to say on on some of these fighters it's kind of shitty to have this one stacked before the the fight coming up it's with the card coming up it's kind of everyone's Glancing over this one, looking to that the next week's card, but we've got a decent fight. We've we've got fights. Got it on ESPN. Bill, is there anything on here that stands stands out to you? Yeah, there's a few guys that hopped out. So Chase Sherman, who couldn't fight last week, thank God, probably saved me money, is now fighting. It's the same matchup this week, although he's plus nine eighty instead of like the eight or eight fifty he was at. Not going anywhere near that dude. That's the universe saying, you would have lost that bet, you dope. Don't make the same mistake. So just thought that that was funny to note. Uh, a couple underdogs I like. I like Mearshart. I love GM3 at plus 146. Uh, maybe go into a little detail on that later. Uh, I think Darren Elkins at 174 is good for a parlay piece. And the underdog play that I'm happy to lose is Jared Gordon. At plus 148, I think he can grind out and uh, maybe not finish Dawson, but I think but I think he can win the fight. You can also get uh, Gordon at plus 153 on Bovada if you want. Yep. Uh, speaking, funny about that, I actually got a call from an unknown number right before we, we started this podcast, and it was Bovada telling me that they will crypto match me 100% for any deposits so that is we are we are men of our words on this podcast that we we put some money down so that's just kind of let's we need we need to get bovada as a sponsor for us we just hooked it up with both of us where he got his friend match bonus and deposited a hundred dollars for us and we, I know I've been rolling on that one since I'm since the jump, dude. I haven't stopped. 
<laughs> yeah, it's and then pretty interesting piece is the co-main event with Andre Orlovsky is going for, if I'm not mistaken, the is it UFC win most wins in UFC history to to starting to break that record again or at least in the heavyweight division oh, i think i think it might be heavyweight i don't think it's wins uh probably it's... not stoppages either but i think for heavyweight he has to be yeah i think let's let's take a look it has to yeah it has to be it's got to be most in heavyweight history i did write that down because they're couple of plates I might be looking at there too like that that decision no bet that FanDuel mm-hmm. throws out if you take decision no bet if you like one side or the other Orlovsky's minus 102 and Collier's minus 110 damn so no it is it actually is to to continue tying the uh to tie the record with Cerrone Miller with Cerrone and Jim Miller for 23 oh, wins Miller just Miller just tied it again, right? Yep, that was it. Exactly. Yeah. So Miller right. just tied it at 23 with Cerrone, and Arlovsky has the opportunity to once again tie that. So what if Arlovsky comes out and ties it, right? Then there's three of them at 23 wins. Yep. Cerrone fights next week. Yes. That's... Damn. And, which is insane because those guys... are still fighting it's (laughs) listen i thought cowboy was long done long done Uh, i don't know we'll see 23 and 13 wow that's that's a guy that's been well arlovsky's 22 and 14 as well cerrone is one of those that i don't know how a man takes the damage that he has inside and outside of the octagon and then just keeps on pushing and subjecting himself to it too no idea no idea <laughs> he is a crazier man than, than all of us for sure i mean he just he does a lot of cool shit though yeah he does <laughs> yeah he yeah cool he does <laughs> so i mean and then main event, we have Rob Font and Chido Vera. Odds are one twenty minus one twenty six for Font, plus one hundred six. But the story probably about this fight is something that took place today, and that is Font coming in overweight massively by two pounds today, and additionally not choosing to do a secondary weigh-in meaning if you're not as familiar with the the ceremonial weigh-ins you have a, another opportunity to weigh in to so say this is one if you're a couple ounces shy you'll you'll probably want to to cut do whatever you you can can do the sauna anything like that to try to get those ounces off but he knew and by two pounds, you know very early on that, that you're not going to hit it. But it's kind of the 
The fact that he chose not to do a secondary weigh-in shows that he probably will be in better physical shape and recovery than Cheeto Vera, but that really plays into what is the mental side of Rob Font on this. What do, what do you take away when you see something like that, Bill? Take away uh, just a bad taste in my mouth all around. He missed by two pounds. That's a big miss, and you hit the nail on the head. He didn't try the second shot, which means he knew, I think, he was going to miss. And why should I kill myself if I know I'm going to miss? If I'm going to have to sacrifice or be fined 20% of my purse, why not do it when I'm in better position to recovery and try and win the rest of it? You know what I mean? I, I, I just don't. I I don't like anything about it. And, and this, to me, what, what really rubs me the wrong way with the forfeiting of the 20% is it makes sense not to try, if you know you're going to miss weight, it makes sense not to try and hit the weight. Because if you lose the fight, you lose out 50% of your your paycheck cause you, with your win and show bonus. But if you, yeah, if you lose, you lose 50%. But say if you decide to, that you're overweight, and forfeit 20%, but you're in better physical shape, you have an advantage going in and win, you get 50% of your show, so really you you get a 30% bonus of what you would have gotten if you lost. So, so a better chance to get it for sure. That That's the thing. So you're, it's, and that's why I th- it needs to be 50% at that point. That if you're going to, I think... And we've said this early on in the the podcast that we've done, is that you have two jobs, and that's to make weight and to show up on fight night. And if you're not doing one of them, you should be find your. If you're not making weight, that should be fifty percent. No, no rhyme or reason. None of this this catch weight stuff. You just you lose fifty percent of your paycheck right there. It's. The the twenty percent and forfeitures of all of this just play into the fact that it makes more sense to cut your losses and try to go for your win bonus and then forfeit your win bonus rather than forfeit your show. It's and that's Simple, what right? it it just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me and is also part of the reasons I hate this the model of the win and show so much. Yeah, I don't. I don't particularly care for that model either. And I mean, I. And it's something that doesn't affect me at all because I'm not a professional fighter. But I can't imagine that fighters would like that. I know why it's there. I know why it started. But maybe it's time to change it, especially if there's a missed weight scenario. I, I just, I don't know, man. I hate it. So, I mean, if. If you want to play that way and a fighter can think, all right, well, I'm not going to make it, but I can do the math and pretty sure I'll be X amount heavier and I'll recover better. Why doesn't Vera come out and throw a solid groin shot the first, like, 20 seconds in? (laughs) You're only going to get a warning, right? I've never seen a UFC fight in recent memory where there's a groin strike and the ref takes a point. It's always like, well, this is a warning. Well, keep him up. Well, this is a stern warning. All right, well, I'll take that. 
and I'll take my warning, and then uh, the fight's even. You're uh, very right about that, because in the Mike Jackson fight, Dean Barry hit him in the nuts and had him down twice. So that's right where my mind went, and I'm thinking, dude, all right, I saw a, a groin strike, whether intentional accidental it's still a foul right so i saw a foul and there was a warning and then there was an eye poke that was a different foul and he got a warning for that so it's still two fouls well, every foul he kicked him in the nuts twice didn't he, <laughs> he did. yeah, yeah it was it was two and he didn't get deducted or i think he got deducted the got second a point on the second one yeah. and then they yeah, yeah. so it's yeah so there's this, this is a good problem one. problem soft font you're two pounds overweight. Okay, I'm going to knee you in the groin. That's one pound. That's one warning. And then I'm going <laughs> to stick my finger in your eye. Oh, that's my second foul, second pound, second warning. All right, we're even. Let's go. From a betting side, though, I I tend to definitely lean on the side against the fighter that missed weight because I know how heavy that weighs on some of these fighters. So we're talking from just the financial point of they lose 20% of of their paycheck. But the side that we aren't talking about and some of the repercussions that, to the UFC credit, they do put in place. And that's there's very few things that you can do to really piss Dana White off and to really piss the UFC off, and missing weight is probably at the top of that. I would say it's yeah, maybe throwing throwing a hand truck through a bus might be number one, and then probably two is missing weight. I don't know. UFC's been really lenient with some really, I mean, egregious errors on fighters' parts. It just if. You're at the top. You can market and sell. I mean, Dana White could be pissed off all he wants, but he's going to sleep on a mattress of, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars. Yep. But I don't know. Well, this is um, the first I just can't stand fight in, uh, in quite some time. I think in three or four years that the main event has missed weight. So... Uh, that's that's a credit to getting to point. this yeah. this point uh, in the UFC of you don't get to you don't get these top fights without making weight and doing the part and it's kind of I think it was actually if I'm not mistaken it was Jessica I that missed weight and give give me one second I actually think that's right I'm trying to remember what was. I know I know exactly who I can can That's a good off. point about like almost getting rewarded with not rewarded with a main event fight, but to get there they have they either you're a phenom like Hamzat or you're professional and they know that if they put you in that spot you you're going to make weight and you've gained their trust. And I think the UFC might start leaning on people more to change weight divisions and say, listen, if you miss once, that's your one warning. If you miss again, we're not going to sign you to fight at this weight. We are making you move up. Yeah, and, and that's a way we talked about the hydration testing. And actually someone that, that's coming up 
on these fights with TJ Dillashaw that was was popped with the EPOs, you kind of have to go back to the backstory. And I'm not saying, I'm, and this is not me sympathizing or, or trying to say that he was right in what he did, but Dana White was, was about to go ballistic. No, 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 no. <laughs> But Dana White was offering him, I think it was 2X or almost 3X to stay at the division weight that he was at. So the contracts that he talked about were that that they were willing to give him the contract to move up in weight because of how taxing the weight cuts were being. But at that same time, he was losing out on about 50%, maybe more if I'm not mistaken. Don't, don't quote me on the exact numbers. But I know it was a significant chunk of paycheck that Dana White and the UFC were paying him more to stay down at the lower weight class. And and so it's and this is once again, this is a couple years ago the some of the money wasn't in there and we know that fighter pay has been a big topic, but that's kind of that's like like you were saying, Bill, that UFC's gotta force the hand to not sign these fights up and where before they were wanting these matchups so they were in ways forcing the fighters to hit these weights so i think we are seeing a bit of a shift behind the scenes of kind of the brass putting their own policing on making weight because we've we've been very lucky and if you look at other promotions across the board especially lower promotions you see a lot of of missed weights and lightly missed weights as well too that's that doesn't really take place in the ufc it's kind of a, a testament to the fighters that the ufc signs and, and why they continue to be the promotion to beat i for sure believe that they sign the best fighters they have a lot of local promotions that are spot on that are sending them quality fighters too um, and I think that the Performance Institute has grown a little bit and got a little more accessible to some of the younger more inexperienced lower level UFC groups so if they can bring those kids in when they get them and 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 actually give them something that's affordable and accessible that they didn't have that's when I think a lot of those missed weights continue to drop yeah, that's the biggest difference is you're you're seeing that there's actually coaches now that are trained in the a fast cut in terms of a a temporary major cut in weight where before it's it's these people in the fitness industry that are talking about well no that's that's not healthy don't cut that way where you now have people that specialize in, oh, we know it's extremely unhealthy and horrible on your kidneys and, and liver and everything, but we'll help you do it the safest possible way you can to cut off 15% of your body weight. Yeah, uh, anyone that has to do that late, quick cut, I mean, that's that's a ton of weight. That has to be torturous. I don't, even, I don't want to know what that feels like at all, but or even even fighters that... Uh, always struggle to get down that, even to get started, to get in that range. I think if they cut it properly to get there and then have someone show them how to do that last little bit or 
maybe there was somebody that just couldn't break through that last wall and a couple changes here or there. You know, I have seen fighters be like, I can't get below 155, and then I've seen them fight at 135. Mm-hmm, exactly. It's it's just really how you train and condition your body, and that's that's one... It's actually funny, I was just watching Justin Gaethje's His Road to Glory talking about the nutrition team that he brought in and saying how this is one of the the best he's felt in terms of being able to recover, and especially with a guy like that whose recovery is so crucial because he takes so much damage in every single fight that his... His recovery and cardio has to be better than arguably anybody else's on the roster if he wants to maintain the fighting style that he has. Where you you take yeah. this damage and you if if you've never fought before or really been it's sort of even even in from a, like a wrestling aspect or any sort of grappling at all you, you multiply that when you get hit and your body has to compensate for the lack of equilibrium your your body gets hit in the in in the body actually and it's it's taxing on your cardio and the only way that you're able to maintain consciousness and and maintain a clear mind is being in absolutely phenomenal shape and that goes back to the nutrition and the weight cuts and that's another reason why i know we talk about we prefer the hydration testings and and or at least mandating some of these weight cuts if you're missing weight it's because you do get better fights when these fighters are healthy because they're able to withstand da- more damage they're able to fight at a higher pace and and that's really we hear all the time about people talk talking oh well this is a boring fight they're they're laying on each other or something like that where it's the cardio's gone and if we have fighters that go in in the shape that they should be in, we eliminate quite a bit of that that becomes a negative in the sports viewing. I think it directly translates to more exciting fights because there's time where I'll wake up because I only got four hours of sleep instead of six or seven, and I feel, you know what I mean? And I'm I'm dragging ass for the rest of the day. I mean, so... I can't imagine what it what it feels like to just be that drained and then have to go perform. So yeah, I mean if you're more hydrated and you're in healthier shape, you're going to perform better. So don't I get the advantage of trying to go down as light as possible because then you want to be bigger and stronger than who you're going to face. But definitely leads to more exciting fights if the fighter's hydrated. Yeah, or at or at a healthy weight. And I'm going to transition a little bit into here. We're going to go into one of our weekly segments, and that is the man in the pod with me is going to pull out the six shooter. You know what time it is, Bill? What is your your wild Bill plus money play of the week here? It's a little more reserved. We've been kind of scaling them back a little more, a little more, a little more, but it's going to be precise. Uh, I, I told you that I like GM3 uh, money line of plus 146. I really like him inside the distance of plus 240. If he wins inside the 
the distance. It'll be how he's done it 26 times already. By submission is plus 380. I'm playing that for sure. And I think he does it a little later. So I like round two and three at plus 800. I'm going to say round three specifically at plus 1900. I'm playing all of those. It's my GM3 ladder. I've seen him do it countless times before. He's got seven different submissions to his name. He will find one of them. And let's get paid. So the, the longest shot is GM3 by sub. Third round, plus 1,900. Only put a little bit on it, and I'm going to back it up. Like I said, round two or three is 800. Sub is 380. All the way down, 240 plus 146. GM3 is going to get us paid. I love it. I I actually do love it. I think my favorite, and this is, this is a little bit of one that's another underdog here is actually i like cheeto vera inside the distance it's only plus 300 but just with what's occurred in in the mental state that i already liked i like vera as the underdog already we're seeing some of those odds drop but inside the distance at plus 300 was something i was eyeing before the events that took place today and it's something that i've only loved more so that's one play that that i love at plus 300 odds and then if if you want to burn money you can do chase sherman at plus 1000 that's your that's your play the the year right bill it's it's play with this monopoly money (laughs) Of the year. Uh, listen, you know I'm going to throw something on it because just wouldn't stop last week about, oh, this, like every chat we were in, every text we were in. So I'm actually glad he is not here right now because I don't have to hear it for the eight and nine hundredth time how he was writing it's a fist fight. So just so I don't have to hear it again, of course I'm going to throw like five or ten bucks on Chase Sherman. I mean, it's plus what, a thousand? Yeah. Five bucks, of course. So we'll get we'll get Just's opinions on all of this here and shortly. It'll be on the the second part of this podcast. I'm gonna do a little bit of a different news and get some of your take on this. We had last weekend we had the Tyson Fury fight with the knockout, and he brought out Francis Ngannou talking about making that that boxing match happen. What is your take on on all of this? The between the fight of Fury and Ngannou and the implications that it means for the UFC. I hope that the fight never happens because the implications for the UFC is wow, we just watched your biggest baddest dude on the planet get demolished. I don't see how Francis can fight Tyson in a boxing ring. Now, if you're talking about some sort of mixed bag some sort of special rule set but i mean no one can box with tyson fury so you would have to allow some sort of like i said alt alternate rules and if they would have to throw the ufc would have to make so much money before dana white would even entertain that thought so he's either thrilled because he has a hand in it or he's furious because he's got to deal with it we've heard francis is uh, that he's not going to sign with the UFC unless unless that's included. Is is it worth 
for the UFC to sign him to watch that fight take place. Because we've seen in, in Francis' mind, it's already take. This is maybe the bigger shift. I think there is not, I would not give, and, and I am a massive Francis fan. I, he would be my second favorite fighter behind Gaethje on the card. I've been I've been a huge fan since actually the Cain Velasquez fight was when I really became a strong Ngannou fan, and so I've I've loved his story, everything, kind of what everyone else has fallen in love with him for as well, and know that he does. He's always had the ambition to box. And he would be a fantastic boxer, but we are talking about creme de la creme, Tyson Fury, arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. I, in terms of right just in, in terms of just boxing ability, I think it's unmatched to say. I will always say that Ali is is the goat based on him being more than boxing. But I am have a very hard pressed time to say that Tyson Fury wouldn't beat Ali. Well, oh wow! Uh... I I think it's an absolute slobber knocker of a fight. But the way that Tyson Fury moves—that's that was what everyone said about Ali was the the yeah. footwork and movement. Well, Fury's got what? 50 pounds on him maybe at at fight night he's got 50 pounds on him and he's there's this is the thing he he the wilder fight told me everything i needed to know that he's able to eat those punches that no one else in history has been able to eat and then knock the motherfucker out that's that's crazy yeah yeah that's why I won a lot of money before the well, UFC plays even started because I had Fury. I I actually uh, got okay. a little upset because and I was in the chat raising hell. I had <laughs> I had Tyson Fury over one and a half knockdowns, and he was playing with the food coming in. Had him inside the distance. Had him by a knockout. It's it's obviously the same in, in the boxing, but it's so I won. A decent amount of money on that and lost some on the over knockdowns because it just with the devastating upper uppercut. But it's it's if he's able to eat the wilder punch that's the most that's the most explosive punch I've ever seen, then there's not you can't really say he's gonna get knocked out by anybody. I mean I will never forget Wilder land that shot in that first fight. I was like, oh, my Lord, he just killed him. And he did for eight seconds. And then out of nowhere, once Fury got up, the fight was over. It, the, that, it was a fucking undertaker. He he I, did the I, undertaker. That, in my head, oh. you bong, and he just sits up and then looks. And he just and he won the rest of the round. Uh, yeah. I, the second he got up, the way he did, I was like, well. This fight's over, and no one gets up from that Deontay Wilder shot. Nobody. So, and he did, and he's eaten several big shots. Uh, but I think it was, yeah, it was uh, Muhammad Ali and almost every other heavyweight at that time. Everyone unanimously says that George Foreman was the hardest puncher that they've ever fought. Mm-hmm. So, can Deontay Wilder punch harder than George Foreman? I think so. 
I would I would be hard pressed not to, what he's done. I would be hard pressed to say in terms of one punch power that Wilder doesn't punch harder. I I'll go on the record and say that I think I think it's it's hard to to make the we don't have the science that we have behind it now. But in terms of the want to make the comparison, yeah. But I I actually do think that Wilder's power would be if we scientifically mashed it up, would be maybe not the setup that that Foreman had when it came to why it was so devastating and being able to hide it and and kind of what he brought to it because Wilder's such that unorthodox style. The man literally did a sidestep before... He did a Euro step before he knocked a dude out. No one in history's Euro stepped in a boxing ring, and he, he did it and knocked a dude out. It's, it's like, how the fuck do you defend that? But that's why... And I I really don't need... I don't feel the need to see the Joshua fight, actually. I'd watch it, too. I'd probably win sure, quite a bit sure. of money on Fury. But... I just... I, I don't think that there's anyone that beats him. So that brings us kind of back to our point. We digressed. But is it worth it okay. for the UFC to sign up for that fight to get Ngannou back into the UFC? Or do you or do you let him triple down on himself, take that fight, if it goes to decision or something along the lines of that, then he goes to another promotion and he's bigger than ever? Is is that a risk that they would possibly be willing to take? I hope not. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, you'd have to look at financials. That that usually drives everything. But you got to see where that line is and what they want to get out of it. And maybe they are going to call Francis Bluff. Because that's this is what's so interesting to me is every time Francis has doubled down on himself, he's won, and it's, it's like, true. do you? It's, it's true. Yeah. He he did it with the contract. He did it with the blown out knee. It's it's just the yeah. Mean, he, it's every he's across his entire life between crossing the desert multiple times and keep oh. uh, that's that's the last time he's he's ever lost a double down is. When he was captured, and then he kept doing it again and again. And finally, he, we kind of know how that story goes. Don't need to rehash it, but it's he's doubled down on himself in the UFC time and time again. He's waited out while the yes. trilogy played out. He was on the back burners there, arguably, or rightfully upset. That's I just don't know. Even if he does get knocked out, it's like... I feel like you should be be in that case then able to promote him almost as a gatekeeper in a way for the heavyweight division. That kind of needs that. You have the fights that of a former champion that could take place, but once again it goes it does go back to how much money he's he's asking for and which does he want? Yeah. So that's that's it's just, an interesting uh... I just don't want to see something that's that's completely one sided and unfair. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know how you set you would begin to set the rules. Yeah, I think that, that I think the what the rules entitle entitle are really what this breaks down to. 
And then if he does this, he, Conor McGregor is going to be calling them nonstop. Non-stop. Oh. I want this. I want that. I want, it, that I is want what we again. I want to fight. We didn't talk about, and that's the Pandora's box that this could potentially open. And is that worth it for the UFC? And that is, I think, a headache that would be. And that is, I think, going to be the bigger. That is why they haven't signed him yet, is because of the Pandora's box that allowing this one guy to go off and do a boxing match that even they can promote and get money involved and, and all of that. It's what it means outside it, what, what it means for future implications of cross branding. Cause that's one that the UFC doesn't do this, this cross promotional stuff outside no, of no, the, no, 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 and, no. and they don't do the stuff like one championships, talk or uh not one sorry uh pfl's talking about with potentially doing the the kayla harrison and the cyborg and how everyone's talking about that ufc does not play those games if you're not on our roster you're not getting a piece of our pie that's yeah this is our sandbox and Mm -hmm. that's it you're either in our you're not going to go play in their sandbox and play in our sand but no 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 they do not do that so that is another kind of wrinkle in all of this so it's interesting. Um, we'll get Justice take on all of this in the next part. But for Bill and myself, Bill, you have anything else that you want to add? Yeah, there's just one last thing that I'd like to do. Um, let's start a little people's parlay. How about you give me one pick. I'll add to it. I'm going to play a parlay, and I'll post it on Twitter. Um under the tweet and then uh if anybody if that parlay hits we have to figure out a way to pick somebody and uh we'll give it out i'll give it out i love that you know what i'm going to do i i said the cheeto vera fight was one that i love but i'm gonna do do a different one here and that is going to be for the people's parlay i gotta go for a man of the people the man trying to tie the record for the most UFC wins, Andre Arlovsky, uh, money line. Go, I, okay. I got to do it for the people's parlay. All right, listen, I love it. And I tell you, I'm going to add to it. It's the fight that I believe will be right before it. So we're going to know real quick. And I'm either going to put pressure on you or you're going to be off the hook. <laughs> so if you're going for a fighter that's going to tie the most wins, I'm going to pick the fighter that has one of the best nicknames Andre Touchy Feely. I'll take money line at minus it's a little chalky, minus two forty, but we'll go back to back fights. Love and that it. will be I I do forget about the uh the nickname that they that they have on him for that. That is a great Miracle. nickname. And that's plus one forty four. Lock that in right now. What are you taking him in? Inside the distance? Uh, money line, money line, money line. Oh, oh, just those two are plus 144. Just, okay. Just those two, right? So we'll put those two together. That'll be our first for the people parlay. If it hits, we had to figure out a way to uh, give it out to the people. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Be, if if you're listening here, you you are now entered for the people's parlay. We'll be giving it out. For Bill and myself, Just will join us shortly, but we are out.